Welcome to another episode of Oh Brother, What Are We Watching? Two brothers discussing pop culture with a geeky bent. And as ever, I'm joined by the co-host with the mo-host. See what I did there? Love it. How are you doing, Chris? I'm wonderful. How are you, Steve? Uh, fantabulous. Okay. <laughs> I'm making up words today. That's my thing. I'm enjoying it, though. It's a good day. Good day. Okay. So uh, <laughs> so what are, we, what are we talking about here, Steve? Well, I was thinking about it. Chris, I think we'll pick up exactly from where we were last time, and let's mm-hmm. talk about Young Frankenstein. So, Young okay. Fra- Frankenstein. This, by the way, there's no news to discuss. We're just jumping into this. <sighs> no fucking news. <laughs> I'm sitting on a piece of news, but until we get to that news being relevant, I can't actually unleash it on the podcast. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, that's cool. So, 1974. Uh, Nineteen seventy four, mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein, a Mel Brooks film that Chris you had uh, not caught, and I made you nope. watch uh, recently. Um, before we get into your opinion on it, one of my kind of pre-watch thoughts because I rewatched it again as well was uh-huh. how you and I grew up with a love of spoofs, actually uh, spoof films. Okay. So, thanks to I think our father that yeah. we watched so much. Um, Airplane, I think, was probably our youngest introduction to a proper good spoof film. And it remains one of my favourite films of all time. Yeah, actually. Uh, And, of course, Mel Brooks' Blazing Saddles, which is uh, similar to this in that it's spoof, but it's actually very, very different. Yeah. Um, It certainly brought back a lot of great memories, Chris, uh, sitting there uh, together at Nisco Bride or whatever, watching those films. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was thinking about it. We watched a lot of Mel Brooks films, which is why it surprises me that this one passed me by. Yeah. Because, um, you know, obviously our favorite was Blazing Saddles and we were way too young to watch it. Far too young <laughs> to watch it. I mean, I must have watched that film. Uh, I was I was younger than six. Um, and it it's very racially charged, you know, dealing with some sensitive topics. There is some very sexual content. Um you know, or at least a lot of heavy innuendos. Yeah. There's a lot of swearing. I don't know why I was allowed to watch it, but I'm glad I was. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking also, uh, you know, Mel Brooks films. There's, you know, uh, History of the World Part One, mm-hmm. Men in Tights, uh, you know, all films that we enjoyed um, in in uh, in our youth. Um, so, yeah, I don't tell me wh- when did you watch this? How did you come across it? And why was I not involved? Well, I we weren't involved because I hadn't watched it when we were still living together. So a friend of mine, that which, which you know, gave me this on DVD, uh, which I still own and will rewatch today as a gift. Uh, and I had never watched it. I got introduced to it. So I, you know, like Mel Brooks films, like The Next Person, but I never watched Young Frankenstein. It's not one of the ones that's replayed on TV often. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, we'll talk about the quality of it in a minute, but it's um, it's something that passed me by as well. So I got into it a few fair few years ago i've now introduced a wife to it and now christopher i introduce it to you little man <laughs> i bequeath to you this, <laughs> film. this watch this watch was up your father's ass it's a comfortable <laughs> hunk of metal <laughs> so chris uh, the words on everybody's lips is did you enjoy it i did i did indeed i watched it with the wife uh, yeah. We we settled down for an evening in front of a front of a film, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know it's enjoyable. It's light hearted. It's a bit of fun. 
um you know i probably didn't laugh as riotously as i might have uh, at say blazing saddles or something like that um but uh it definitely tickled me and there was quite a few uh quite a few times where i sort of uh lost my shit because yeah. um i think the main overwhelming feeling i i felt was just like gene wilder was he was one of a kind like there <laughs> there are no comedic actors like him uh you know for for my money or at least none 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 that have quite his his range and energy um yeah. and he's dearly missed he's dearly missed um so i i yeah i really enjoyed seeing him it was nice to see him in a role that i've never you know uh, seen him in before and in, enjoy him anew yeah um, he actually co-wrote this film yes yes i spotted that i spotted that and you know i think that's why it's maybe slightly gentler humor um than, than some of mel's edgier pieces uh first of all i think we should highlight is that this is a first for the podcast because this is the first piece of media we've shared mm-hmm. that came before both our births and as as a guy who yeah. likes stats that's a stat i wanted to highlight because the earliest we've gone correct me if i'm wrong was godfather part three which is still in the 90s okay um so you know this is way back in the 70s neither of us were born yet um when mel brooks was kind of in his prime as as a writer director whatever else he does financier sure um but yeah no i i really 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 enjoyed it um you know something i could very happily sit and, and watch again yeah so let's let's get into it a bit more let's get into it a bit more sure, um, absolutely so it's it's interesting you saying that it's it's interesting you saying that it was kind of like a gentler humor i don't i don't think i would I, I think i agree that it's it's certainly not as body mm-hmm. as something like blazing saddles there's certainly no like like uh charged commentary on it it's more just of a um a spoof of those wonderful 1930s universal monster films uh-huh. and uh but it, it is uh it is i find it hilarious i was watching it again uh-huh. today and any time that gene wilder went from zero to hot and started yeah. shouting in that kind of strangled voice of his actually had me in stitches <laughs> for all from the start when he was trying not to be frankenstein yeah uh, being von frankenstein as the running <laughs> joke throughout the film yeah uh all the way to the end you know obviously the only other comedy film we've we've discussed is is 21 jump street very and different yeah part of why i picked that is is it typifies what i like in a modern comedy you know um the script is a bit loose so there's room for improv um which which makes things feel quite fresh and and kind of you know unexpected quite spontaneous and that is the basis yeah and that's the kind of the basis of, of of all humor really if it if it hits you where you don't expect it it makes you laugh and that's why comedy you know we discussed this before it kind of comes in phases you know uh, things have an era because something's new it's novelty we love it and then it kind of becomes the norm becomes established and then people start to move away from it in favor of something new and alternative. Um, but this is from a period of comedy, yeah, entirely different. Um, but I still feel like I've got quite a connection to it, you know, probably through the other kind of Mel Brooks films I've watched, where it feels very, you know, not just heavily scripted, sounds like a, a criticism, and it's certainly not, but, you know, it's crafted. You know, yeah. it's it's thought about how, you know, right down to you know kind of the mechanics of comedy what is the rhythm of the scene how mm. can we deliver the laugh where should it come how should we hit them you know so i think of uh moments like when um 
when uh <laughs> well the, the bookcase scene the bookcase is exactly what i'm thinking of so he's he's flipped around in the bookcase he's he's disappeared and you just hear from by the bookcase put the candle back yes. <laughs> which really Absolutely. really hit my funny bone um it spins around there's a bit of you know almost kind of farcical stuff there and then his assistant ends up the you know the bookcase flipping around as she delivers the line in exactly the same way. Very, very funny stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I suppose while I've said it's, you know, you know, his other films are quite, you know, a bit maybe bawdier, say. Um, but, you know, the, but there are some racy jokes, particularly towards the end, regarding the size of uh, the monster's um, dong. Was it... <laughs> <laughs> he must have a huge... Uh, was it... Uh... Schlongsteiger? No. Schlongsteiger. Uh, Schlongsteiger, something like that. <laughs> Goes without saying. <laughs> um, and what what I found really strange was uh, I couldn't place the actor who played the monster for a while. Oh, wow. Um, because he wasn't talking. Um, and then as soon as he started talking, uh, I recognized him from the only role I've ever uh, knowingly seen him in which is playing Raymond's dad from Everybody Loves Raymond yes um, and that was kind of <laughs> that, that that hit me as quite a realisation um, Peter Boyle who, uh, Peter who Boyle. actually uh, also had a memorable guest star episode of The X-Files if I remember as well god really yeah I do not remember that show not hardly at all <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know Gene, Gene, Gene Wilder is excellent Peter Boyle is excellent um, I have to make special mention Chris of when we were talking about actors of Madeline Kahn so mm-hmm. she's a big part of uh, Blazing Saddles and she appears in a, quite a few of these Mel Brooks films I think uh-huh. um, she's only in two or three major scenes in this film the kind of bookending the film yeah. um, but she's, she, I, th- I thought she stole the scene every time she was seen every time she was on film yeah, definitely. She's got she's she's got a big personality. She's very charismatic, and yeah, every, every single time, um, you know, the first scene she's in, every time Victor's trying to do something affectionate, she's just like, mm, not the Karen, it's Taffeta. <laughs> you know, taffeta. The hair, the hair. <laughs> yeah, it's just little things, <laughs> and they play off each other really well. They're very uh, yeah, they do very good on screen chemistry. Everybody does really. And and that's why the film works. Um, I do I do have to say I think, much as I would recommend this film to anyone, you know I think you just need to go in with an awareness of the context, because obviously, you know at this point where we're we're so far ahead, where it's you know forty fifty years on, you can get to lose sight of what it's you know what it's meant to be. So you know it it is a film as you say it's spoofing old black and white monster movies. You know, at this point, it can kind of come across if you didn't know that already. Like, oh, this is a bit cheap. You know, this is a bit low rent. But obviously, it's meant to be. Everything is meant to be, and, and is is kind of, it's kind of kind of capture the essence of those old cheap, uh, you know, monster flicks. But no one really watches those anymore. Um, you know, they're kind of so in- they are really ingrained in pop culture. But you probably find few people who've watched like the original Frankenstein movie or the like the original you know dracula movie a lot of the things that they're kind of uh you know playing on mm, yeah uh, no i i think i agree with that but i'd also say as a you know you're, you're kind of giving our audience a warning and i would agree on that in so much that as far as spoof films go um and i think mel brooks back uh, he had this amazing run of films kind of in the 60s and 70s yeah. oh he was the king of it for sure 
when he was really really good and then towards the end i I mean i know a lot of people like space balls i don't um and i don't like men in tights either and then he had a couple more and then he kind of stopped making films and then he turning his films into musicals (laughs) which have then also (laughs) been turned into films um he's kind of had a kind of renewed vein of success but kind of to your point about comedy having a certain time um this is a very different type of spoof to say like a scary movie uh, type of spoof the kind of ones that get made nowadays which are you know very quick cheap um, shit yeah. yeah cheap like throwing, <laughs> th- they throw jokes sees what sticks and then and then move on you know the start of this film kind of like those 1930s universal horror films is mimicking is, is a bit slow at the start not there's nothing funny but it just it takes a while to get going it introduces yeah. his characters and um, the pace the pacing in general is very different to what you'd be used to from a modern comedy absolutely it's not slow uh, but it's not quick it's not rapid fire it's it's as much as much slow in that regard but i think it's it's wonderful and you know that black and white um the fact they, they filmed it in black and white and you know they recreated the set so well from frankenstein i believe it's actually the original equipment from the original 1930s frankenstein film oh it's actually fantastic. reused it in that set um, it just lends an air of authenticity to it, but also makes me now really, really want to go watch those films. I think, uh, I think in that regard, they've done a fantastic job. It's, it's a loving spoof. It's done with a lot of warmth in its heart, rather than uh, trying to poke holes and, like, say, yeah. you know, cheap sets or anything like that. There's none of that kind of uh, petty, cynical kind of joke making. It's very funny. It's very warm. Um, it is a kind of a jokey continuation of the Frankenstein's into the seventies, but still filmed in black and white yeah and and you know in that respect it it kind of feels like that that has kind of come back around you know not again not so much in in what we consider to be spoof films today but you know again a lot of modern comedies they tend to be simultaneously poking fun whether it's a genre or or just even a a concept or an idea they seem to simultaneously make fun of it but kind of yeah you know it's almost a love letter to it you know, again, looking at Twenty One Jump Street, it's kind of it's often kind of making fun of tropes from action movies, but uh, you know, it is still in and of itself an mm. action movie as as well as a comedy. And yeah. you know, or you know, even going back a bit now, but thinking of like Wes Craven's Scream, yeah, it's a spoof, but it's still a horror film. You know, it it makes fun of the genre, but it still embraces it and 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 loves it. And this mm. this is a similar kind of thing. You know. Like you say, it's it's not mean spirited. It, it's no. not there to just kind of shit on it. Um, and even though it is kind of you know low rent looking, it looks like the thirties movies. Like you say, that's not you know that's not a cause for for comedy in and of itself. It's just the setting. Absolutely. So I've got a question for you, Chris. Okay, I'm ready. Which of the recurring gags was your favorite? So there's, um, there's quite a few in this film. There's the pronunciation <laughs> of his name. We yeah. already talked about the bookcase scene. Uh, Frau Blucher. Every time she turns yeah. up, whether it's with her violin or with her name getting said by horses, <laughs> um, yeah. there's quite a few to dig through. I mean, what was your favorite? Um, it was probably the, yeah, that whatever they said, Frau Brucker, um, the horses neighed. Because um, <laughs> the first two times, the first couple of episodes, I was like, oh, that's a bit silly. And then they just kept doing it. And <laughs> um, you know, I think Igor pops out of the room and just says, Brucker, <laughs> just to see if they'll do it again. <laughs> um yeah, which is just it's yeah, it's just very fun. Um I, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um I think I probably I think if they'd used the Frankenstein joke much more, I think I'd probably have got sick of it. Um 
and again that's a very it's a very old school kind of joke now um you know so it's it's it, it was it was definitely less my you know uh, i i certainly enjoyed that less than than other aspects of the film um it did make me titter um a few times but uh yeah ov- overall overall yeah i think probably of the repeated gags uh, i quite like the 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 horses neighing and just every single time and you know even after the horses were off um and yeah even right towards the end just bringing it back yeah i i i really enjoyed that i actually think um upon the rewatch this time my favorite scene was actually when he's um entertaining the police policeman who turns up with his wonky arm and they're playing Uh darts and every time that Gene Wilder takes a dart, the the, the the policeman is waiting for him to throw it. He's deliberately throwing words at him, so then he misses the target and then throws it through the window or yeah. he throws it backwards. Um, and then as they at leave the, end the, of the scene, scene yeah. all the darts are in the uh, carriage as it gets drawn away. Or so it's actually the car, I think, at that point. Yeah. Uh, there's there's quite a few i could name every one of them but i think for some reason that one stood out more on this rewatch uh also because of the great work of kenneth mars who was in the producers as well as the Mm. um the nazi loving pigeon uh owner uh has his wonky arm which he keeps flicking up and flicking down yeah (laughs) (laughs) which uh, is just a great piece of uh, physical comedy for me absolutely do you know um because i was wondering as i was watching it that that particular um character with with his wonky arm and etc is he parodying something in specific or is he just like a generally strange character with his with his sort of so this is where i admit something this is where i admit something chris that although i love this film um and it's great that you know you haven't watched it and you've enjoyed it and everything although it's a spoof i've not actually watched many of those films the spoofing so i couldn't tell you whether it's a specific character (laughs) trait from a specific film which would probably add another layer of enjoyment to it definitely definitely i mean i love blazing saddles i could talk about blazing saddles for more than an hour and a half just reciting the the words from the film but yeah uh have i seen all the westerns that that's spoofing no it's just a funny film to me i haven't Um, seen a single western exactly so the fact that i don't know if it is a spoof it actually doesn't matter to me other than the fact that i think it's a great piece of physical comedy he's got his arm which has been removed at the elbow so therefore he's got this kind of wooden thing which keeps getting stuck so he's kind of kind of slap it around and it's very much like dr strange love with his arm there kind of just trying to fight with it for the whole film yeah, no, I don't know if it's actually a, <laughs> a specific spoof. I, I imagine it is. I mean, films like this, I think it tends to be everything is referencing something. Um, you know, whether it's just this is a specific scene from Frankenstein or this is a specific character or if it's a bit more general, like, isn't it funny when they have these stupid bookcase things? Wouldn't this be a funny twist on that? You know, um, yeah, you know, I think I, I think there is a lot in there and you'd probably get that bit more out of it. Um but who wants to go back and watch all those old movies now, you know? <laughs> well, I might have to force you. Certainly when it comes to my birthday soon, I'm going to make you watch a really old film. I've already picked it out. Oh, really? I'm intrigued. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. It's not free either. Yeah. You're going to have to pay for it. Fuck me, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing on Netflix before like 2002. It's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I, I think at some point I might just sit and make a list of everything passable from Netflix. That's what we're using, Steve. No more, yeah. right? None of this other hard-to-find shit. Oh, I think we need to watch Without a Paddle with Seth Green. Oh, 
I have a friend who likes that film. <laughs> really? I, I know exactly who it is <laughs> telling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know why. I know why. No, I know why. I love <laughs> Seth Green too. You know, he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. He's great. But... I, I remember really wanting to see that film when I saw the uh, trailer for it in the cinema. Really? But I'm also oh my... very glad. Well, I mean, I was, I don't know, 13. Like, it, it, it seemed to have a lot of toilet humor in it. It seemed, I was the core demographic it was aimed at to be fair. Um, but in retrospect, I'm glad I didn't see it. It looks like <laughs> shit. So Chris, let's talk about Gene Hackman. Were you surprised seeing him? Yes, I was. I didn't recognize him. I actually, um, I gave in and, and looked on IMDb because I was like, the voice is familiar. I'm just not placing him. And then, then it was quite a fun game actually, because I knew it was Gene Hackman. I then needed to express to my wife who Gene Hackman is um and you know so i'm sort of flicking through the imdb and i'm like enemy of the state no no you definitely wouldn't have seen that let's try another one let's try another one uh royal tenenbaum no 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 okay and very quickly realized yeah there was no intersections there whatsoever she's actually never wow. seen a film with gene hackman in it before until now um <laughs> so but uh yeah no I, I i i didn't pick up on that at all but his his scene really made me laugh um again it's physical comedy, um, which you I don't feel like you see as much of these days, um, unless it's just really tired, predictable slapstick. Mm. Um, but you know, again, it's it feels like it feels like somebody who knows what they're doing, you know, has has put together a scene, they've crafted it in such a way, um, as you know, to really build build up the humor of a scene. Yeah. Um, you know, every single time he poured something into the lap of uh, the monster. <laughs> oh, it, it, it really He pours, really pours soup in his lap, then he um, crushes his, his mug yeah. uh, of wine, and then he sets his finger on fire, and then yeah. he, he leaves. And then he yeah, his... and again, every, every time it's just, <laughs> just in the face of um, Peter Boyle, just like that. Oh, I really want this. Yes, yes. Kind of look <laughs> on his face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's politically incorrect incorrect these days because it's mocking blindness mayhap, but uh it's it's still all right on my watch. <laughs> uh but then we also have the great classic putting on the Ritz scene where oh, he takes the that monster. Really got me. <laughs> yeah, no, I've <laughs> forgotten about that, yeah. To this day, if I hear that song or even just think about it, I have to say "Putting on the Ritz" like the monster does, which is "Put on the Ritz." <laughs> and again, yeah, just ah, uh, Gene Wilder just sells it as well. <laughs> but the, one of the, the pieces on this rewatch that really made me laugh more was <laughs> so he's he's talking through. So for those who have not watched the film, and we really recommend you do watch it, but. Um, mm, definitely there's almost like a king kong moment where he exp- he brings out in bucharest uh the monster uh the frankenstein yeah. monster uh and then goes through a, a range of tests with them you know voluntary and involuntary tests yeah and uh <laughs> the bit that really tickled me was a, it was a direct callback to the first scene in the hospital chris yeah. where um he's did a test and he um he turns around to him and gives him a little sweet in his mouth <laughs> and he's just kind of like well done, uh, yeah. and it goes back to that way back to that first one when he's he terrorizes that poor old man, who's the um, the pastor from yeah. Blazing Saddles, and he said he just he just uh, whispers to someone, 
give him an extra dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After he's hurt him too much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it just made me tickle, but uh, the whole putting on the Ritz scene is is just fantastic. Just oh. yeah. something again, <laughs> <Cinema> this, classic <laughs> is very very Mel Brooks. That kind of let's let's have a pause for a musical number, but make it absurd. Like yeah. just like in the producers, right? You can't have just a musical number. Let's have a musical number which is all about World War Two and springtime yeah. for Hitler. And this one, it's taking it to the next level. It's uh, I'm going to have a song number with the Frankenstein monster, and the Frankenstein monster is going to be a huge part of it. <laughs> Full on tap dancing and and cane twirling. Um, now I want to jump on uh, something that you've mentioned already, mm-hmm. um, which is just go, going away from the film just a little bit, but. Um, you referenced both Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights, and you've, you've said you don't like them. Yeah. Now, I've got to challenge you on that. I know you did like them, so when did you stop liking these films? Because you definitely used well, to. I never liked Men in Tights. Even when really? I, saw it. I swear you did. No, I saw it in the cinema, and I wanted to like it. Because mm-hmm. when we were at that age, you know, 10, 12 years old, whatever, going to the cinema was a big deal going to the cinema on the road was even a bigger deal so i wanted to like that film a lot and we had seen blazing yeah. saddles at that point that was the amazing thing we'd seen blazing saddles <laughs> we'd and, was... and we'd also seen um robin hood prince of thieves which was obviously right the, yeah that's right Absolutely. strong basis for the um for the spoof i remember that actually trip to go see prince of thieves because i ate all my popcorn before the film started and for the rest of the film, I had what can only be described as salt lip. Oh, that's why so, I never go salted. Oh, exactly. All the way to the end, I was like licking my, licking my lips. <laughs> had big pink lips as well for the, when I went back to school. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, so I've ne- I never really liked Men in Tights. It has a couple of funny moments. I never really found Carrie Elway's funny, which is hilarious because the princess bride is a fantastic film and he's in it but he's i think he's better as a a straight man but i didn't i didn't really like the rest of the cast of that um it's i mean it's definitely one of his weaker films um and and he definitely i wouldn't say he's lost it but um he was getting to that stage yeah yeah i think he was trying to chase trying to chase audiences what about space balls like I, I remember watching Spaceballs with you innumerable times. When, when did you when did you stop Again, loving that? Again, it was a film that I kind I liked portions of, and I still like. There's there's jokes in it I like. Yeah. Because but they're really broad. Like it's Dark Helmet with his big helmet, and he's making the, <laughs> the he's got the two little figurines trying to have sex and all that stuff. You know, like it's funny. It's it's broad, but we've we've got to go to ludicrous speed exactly exactly <laughs> and I'm, I'm you know it's, it's it's quite funny but it's not hilarious like i would never say oh i've got to get the blu-ray of space balls and watch it because because the, around the, the, the jokes around rick moranis I, I don't really care for bill pullman i don't really care for daphne zuniga for the most part you know bill the, pullman the two, rest, not two rest robots. in peace is he still alive who which one is he still doing films bill pullman, pullman? i think pullman's yeah. alive yeah. Okay, shit. So, no, I've ha- <laughs> Bill Pullman, if you're alive, please contact us. Yeah, get back into doing movies. Yeah. Yes, we all need our Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he was, he was pre- the president. Yeah. Ex fighter pilot. No, I know. Anyway, he's kind of. I... Um, yeah. Sorry, go on. I, I like elements of Spaceballs, but I don't love Spaceballs. And I think Dracula Dead and Loving It. 
which was one of his last ones he directed. Oh, God, was that Mel Brooks? That was Mel Brooks. I tell you what, like, I was kind of saving it till the end, but I was actually going to have a massive slam on that film for how shit it was and how much better Young Frankenstein was. And I was going to make that as a point of Mel Brooks knows what he's doing compared to whatever Joker did, uh, Dracula did, and loving it. Well, so, well that, that's exactly yikes. it. Yikes. Exactly. So if you think about the films that Mel Brooks has directed, um, he's got three classics, which I think he did pretty much back-to-back, or very close together, which is The Producers, mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles, and Young Frankenstein. Quick fact, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein were both made, or both at least released, in the same year. Really? Did so you think about this. Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein were both in 1974. Wow. So you went to the cinema, you saw both those films? That's incredible. How did anyway. they even turn that round so quick? Well, And Gene Wilder's in both as well? Gene Wilder's in both as well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. As well as a number of other people, Madeleine Kahn, for example. So, yeah. anyway, regardless. But then after that, it's kind of like a law of diminishing returns. So you get then uh, History of the World Part 1, which has got some good moments in it. But again, then you go down and down and down um, till you get to men in tights and, and dracula dead and loving it oh, dracula God. dead and loving it which was what i was just going to say a minute ago was i've never actually paid attention to it i technically have seen it it was on in the background of a uh, sleepover when i was about yeah 15 14 maybe and we never really <laughs> paid attention to it it was shit no it was all it was one of those things that when you're really young you've got like one friend who can't recommend it enough and they're like, oh, there's this hilarious scene where Leslie Nielsen does this like num, 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 thing with blood. And I was just like, yikes, this sounds terrible. Like, And, you know, and that should be that should be a recipe for success. A spoof movie done by Mel Brooks with, you know, Leslie Nielsen in a starring role. How could it go wrong? But uh, some things just aren't meant to be. No, Chris, no. I, I just I just think, I don't know, Mel, Mel just kind of lost it after a while just was, every film was kind of a little bit less funny but those three young frankenstein blazing saddles have you seen the producers no i've actually only seen the remake with uh like will ferrell and oh uh, nathan lane uh which was which was fun uh, it's it not a remake it's, it's the musical version that's actually different it's got it is different okay elements. it's got a lot of similar okay. elements but it's he turned it into a stage play in new york it was very successful then became a film of the stage play which is what you've seen, but it's it's got a lot of the same elements, basic uh-huh. story, but it is very different. It is different. I mean, the producers was nineteen sixty seven, so it's it's got hippies in it and all sorts, but it's also got a very young Gene Wilder. Um, yeah. It's fantastic. I was actually going to ask you to rank them, but you can't really rank them if you've never seen them. So, no, if I've <laughs> only seen the two. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as I said, I've you know obviously I've seen his later ones, but of you know of the earlier ones, certainly I think Blazing Saddles uh, tops the list and and always will. But uh, no, at some point, at some point, I'll sit down and watch the producers. So, Chris, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about this film? I mean, we could go through it like joke by joke, but we're not going to do that. Blow by um... Blow. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, I I I just yeah, it's it's it's, it's hard to say. I just I I really enjoyed. it. I think. <sighs> I don't want to. I don't want to pick holes, but I'd probably say ultimately my least favorite thing, or to say the thing that I think has not aged the best, yeah, uh, would be the Igor slash Igor character. Um, now, there's some very funny things with him. I like that there's this running gag that his hump sort of uh, switches from side to side between scenes, 
and and sort of Gene Wilder starts to notice it and and sort of <laughs> loses his train of thought when he's talking to him and he realizes it and stuff. Um, definitely some some solid humor there and a very good comedic actor. Um, but I think very of the time, and I think his you know his little asides to the camera. Um, yeah, yeah, you know it's there's certainly nothing wrong with it, and it you know it'll probably make you smile, but it's probably you know the least the thing that has aged the least well. I, I get sense. that. I get that. So that's, that was Marty Feldman, who that, that's interesting. I think this is the only film I've ever seen him in. Yeah, me too. I, I checked him out afterwards because I was like, "What's with the eyes?" You know, is that for real? Is that a, yeah? Is that makeup? No, it but he weird. died very young as well. But uh, I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Some of the kind of little kind of breaking the fourth wall moments didn't work as well, and that's I think that's kind of par for the course with the spoof, right? There's going to be jokes that fall flat. Um, but they tend to you just tend to know, there's another one coming so it doesn't yeah really you can matter. just sort of skate over it yeah yeah i think when um when gene wilder arrives in transylvania he asked the boy like he say they say on the train transylvania so he rolls down the window and asks the boy in the track if this is transylvania and then they have a little interaction and he yeah. asks him if he wants a shoe shine he's like um no uh and it felt like there was supposed to be a joke there and yeah. maybe there was and maybe it was a very 1970s joke that i just didn't get uh for whatever reason no, I, just, I, I feel like it. I laughed when that happened, but I can't remember why. Possibly just because it's Gene Wilder with black makeup on his eyes, yeah. <laughs> giving wide-eyed stares to people. It's it's very funny, even <laughs> even if the joke falls flat. I do. I I love. I mean, I'll just say it again. I love Gene Wilder. I love his. I love his range, and his kind of. He has these moments, you know, like you say, where he goes from like not to a hundred, and he's he speaks so softly, and he has like a really velvety kind of voice, and I think especially with that old old timey recording equipment or, or whatever it is that they were using for this film, um, it it adds a richness to his voice, um, and then yeah, you know, and then he just he flips, <laughs> he becomes so crazed, yeah, uh, just better than yeah, better than anyone that i've ever oh, seen sort of absolutely and there's uh, two or three times in the film he does that but one of my favorites is when he <laughs> and you know it's gonna come when he yeah. fails to reanimate frankenstein's monster yeah uh, he's just quite dignity we'll take this and he walks away you know it's coming it doesn't make it any less hilarious when he turns around and he goes full gene wilder at the dead corpse yeah. he <laughs> he's almost crying exactly <laughs> Goddamn son of a bitch whore! Yeah, <laughs> and they're pulling him away, you know. <laughs> or even when he sits down quietly to talk about what brain is in after afterwards, he, he sits down to talk about which brain, um, F- Frederick, uh, yeah. managed to not Frederick, Igor. Yeah, which brain Igor managed to bring back from the the graveyard or whatever, oh, from the lab, and he sits down very calmly. And he's like, <laughs> no, no, sit down, sit down. <laughs> they have this whole discussion. Yeah. You put. <laughs> An abnormal brain <laughs> in the body. I think it said Abby. Abby normal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, a joke you could not get away with today. Calling someone's brain abnormal. Um, uh, well, maybe. Maybe depends why, I guess. But um, yeah, if I'm to read between the lines, yeah, I think that's probably a uh, probably not something you could say these days. But. Uh, Actually, you know, as a as as a note, there not a lot of swearing in this film. No, not at all. Um, can compare to a lot of films that I've watched in general. I'm I'm a big fan of a swear, but I I appreciate it when someone can make me laugh without one. 
you know like I, Jerry I, Seinfeld exactly never never heard him swear never need to he gets me every time no I I, th- I appreciate that as well I always appreciate a film that can make me laugh without swearing I don't know why because just like you I'm prone as a red-blooded Scotsman to drop an f-bomb pretty much anywhere I think <laughs> pretty much one every mem- day of the week yeah one memorable time I remember my friend was walking across the train station bridge and I shouted <laughs> out for everybody else where the fuck have you been <laughs> and everybody just looked around me and was like don't say that out loud. I was like, oh, I kind of forgot yeah. it was a public place. <laughs> I, I, I recall the first time we ever visited New York uh, and we were in some massive cathedral of some descript. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and, some massive cathedral. <laughs> it's um, it's St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, Chris. There you <laughs> go, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. I... Irreverently called you a twat um, <laughs> because you were doing it. something to wind me up. I mean, our mother, who much like Gene Wilder, can go from being very soft to raging in in mere milliseconds, uh, literally dragged me out of the church. Um, and I think it was just the context. I think you're not supposed to swear in churches. I know that now, um, but at the tender age of. 12 or 13 <laughs> whatever age i was i i did not our mum and june wilder can go zero to hot yeah zero to hot real quick real quick oh, yeah. um <laughs> okay good um so yeah if there's nothing else you want to add steve should we should we talk about what's coming next yeah i think i'll just say i'll just say in summation chris okay that, please um this this was a spoof when when spoofs for me were great and mm-hmm. there's you know whether it's airplane or blazing saddles which are two of my favorites uh and mel brooks was just doing fantastic work in the 70s so even if you've not seen a universal monster film from the 30s i highly recommend it um it is a, a different kind of watch as you say chris from like a modern comedy which is maybe a bit more quicker paced or has a bit of action or a lot more swears but uh, i think it's really really good gene wilder's in top form and again i can't say enough, actually i have to say before we go madeline can some people might not know the name mm-hmm. if you're listening, depending on your age. Uh, she was very funny. She unfortunately died quite a few years ago from cancer. But she um, she steals a scene, every scene in both this and Blazing Saddles. And she is, is very, very much missed because when she's doing her whole socialite shtick of yeah. like, I'll say cock teasing Gene Wilder. Um, yeah. <laughs> she is f- f- so funny and she knows exactly what she's doing every time she does it as well. Uh, yeah. And what happens to her at the end of the film is fantastic. She kind of ends up like uh, Frankenstein's wife. But um, Yeah, Bride of Frankenstein, I believe. Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, Chris. Well, uh, that wraps up this episode. So before we move on to getting on the social media, uh, mm-hmm. what are we going to do in two weeks' time? So this is actually matched up a lot better than I thought it would. Um, because here we've talked about, uh, you know, a writer, producer, director, auteur, if you will, in Mel Brooks, uh, who has kind of in- inarguably declined in the quality of his work. Uh, and so I want to talk about someone else who has arguably declined in the quality of his work as well, but who we both... Uh, have a big history with which is uh, Kevin Smith. Oh so, yes. <laughs> so I want to do something a little different um, because it's that that specifically that I want to discuss. I want to kind of pose the question to you 
has he changed or have we? Uh, that is to say, did we grow up and his sort of brand of slightly puerile uh, humor and pop culture observations less amusing to us? Or has he himself become less in touch or, you know, less gifted at at the filmmaking arts? So I want to watch his first ever film, which was uh, obviously Clerks, yep. and his most recent abomination, uh, which is Yoga Hosers. So, <laughs> uh, to frame a discussion of uh, where he started to where he is now. Okay. All right. Yoga hosers. So I'm, one to look I, forward to, one to dread. I'm going to watch yoga hosers. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Thanks for that, Chris. <laughs> I think I'm going to watch them in reverse order. So I've got something to look forward to. I don't oh, think it's a very long film. If that well, helps. That sounds thankful. Something to be yeah. thankful for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks' time. In the meantime, if you wish, please keep in touch with us. Tell us what you thought about Young Frankenstein. If you've seen it or if you've not seen it, watch it. Tell us what you think. You can follow us on Twitter at OBrotherPod. You can like us at Facebook.com slash OBrotherPodcast. And finally, we ask that you subscribe and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Super important, guys and gals. We we beg for your love Mm. give it to me give it to me give me the five stars so i've been steve he's been chris and we'll see you next time talking about kevin smith see you next time